Hello and welcome to the very first Him and Her podcast from the beach. I'm Kevin. And I'm Sally. So we thought we'd put this together because we've been working together, Sally and I, now for a number of years and been married even longer than that. And uh, don't laugh. And uh, realised that working together is very different to actually living together. It creates different challenges. It throws up different things to do. And we've learnt um, quite early on that uh, you know, you only know the person that you're working with from their their viewpoint. You never get to see how they behave at work. So it's kind of a new thing when you start working together. So hopefully over the coming weeks we can give you some tips and uh, some ideas of what to do and how to efficiently work together if you're a partner. Now perhaps we better first of all um, explain where the uh, title of uh, the Him and Her podcast came from. Okay, so uh, this goes back to my mum and dad who are sadly no longer with us. Um, But um, they had a very strong relationship um, but they never referred to each other by name. All through my life, um, they would only call each other by name when they were cross with each other. That's how I knew they were cross with each other. Apart from that, it was always him and her. So any birthday cards, anniversary cards, anything that was written down or any way they referred to each other, it was always him or her um, in a really nice way. Now, we hold my, we both hold my parents very well in in very high regard um so we thought yeah okay so let's let's why why don't we become him and her in their wake so i'm going to give you a bit of background about my dad because he's actually my inspiration um he my dad had a very difficult life he my dad would be 105 105 five now that's right yeah so you can think about the generation that he came from you know that uh not victorian but edwardian no even a bit later edwardian but that georgian generation um you know where a man was a man and you know men had their role and women had their role but he had a very difficult upbringing um his mother wasn't around from when he was 18 months old so although he had sisters, he was—he didn't have a mother figure, a mother role, um, which then kind of shapes you a bit for life. Um, and then he went on to be, when he was uh, just well, 17, almost 18, he signed up to be in the army. So again, very much in a man's world. And uh, he... he completed his uh, his time in the army as a reserve and ju- uh, sorry as a as a soldier and just as he was going to come out war was declared so he was then taken you know, had to go back and fight even more and he was taken a prisoner of war in japan um thankfully obviously survived otherwise i wouldn't be here um however you can imagine that that really changes your life um, and so when he came out, come back from the war, um, he was a, com- you know, a, 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 a completely different man, a destroyed man, really, in the fact that, you know, he weighed something like five and a half stone. Um, and he wasn't a very big man, but he always weighed, you know, that was that was a very small weight. Um, he couldn't eat or whatever. But also um, he had to b- completely build his life again. And he 
one of the things he changed trained to be a civil engineer when he was in the army but that had all gone because it the time had lapsed so really had to rebuild his life so he lived for today he always yeah that was that was his mantra sort of like don't worry about things just think about today and getting through today and you can all you can understand why can't you so i mean he met my mum and that was the love of his life and sort of kind of things went from there but yeah so if you think about his background he'd had you know a very male dominated background um and also for, as i say for the live to, to, for today so when i came along which was uh, quite a few years later i am their only child to have a daughter was really quite sort of bit strange for my dad really you know what do you do with women sort of thing um and he and he used to say that he didn't particularly like women but that wasn't the case at all um because uh, the women used to you know he always got on with women but what he did was he always encouraged me to do whatever i wanted to do as i say live for today worry about tomorrow tomorrow you know don't don't worry about it today and also what as i say whatever i wanted to do he was right there behind me there he would do whatever he could to make it happen so from that you can see that's my inspiration that's what i've kind of taken through my life um you know i became a teacher which they were so proud of there'd been not been anybody who had been a teacher or anything like that in in, in my family um but they encouraged me all the way and then whatever i've done I, I did you know whatever i went wherever i wanted to go whatever i wanted to do they encouraged me now sadly my dad died before we'd made a success of our business kevin and i i'm um, kevin's going to go on to um about it that in a minute um and, but he would if he could be if he was alive today he would love to see what we've now achieved so he is my inspiration so is my mum because she backed him all the way whatever he wanted to do to build his life so from him and her from them we've now become him and her here that's quite a lot to live up to there um so f just a little bit of background of from both of us of kind of why we're here really so back in uh or sorry prior to uh 12th of december 2008 I had a corporate job. Um, I really love my job, four weeks of the year, because that's when I was on holiday. Um, I really love the fact that I had uh, a three hour commute, hour and a half each way, because that justified having a really nice car, and, and I do like my cars. But apart from that, um, there wasn't a lot going for us. And uh, then of course the company um, folded. Uh, we were part of the Woolworths Group. And in fact, we were the profitable part of the Woolworths Group because uh, we used to deliver books, games, CDs, um, all those things sound quite old now when you think about it. Um, but we had a state-of-the-art distribution centre and we really thought that someone would buy us. Um, but that never happened. So at the 12th of December, I think it was around about 10.30 in the morning, we were told, thank you very much, we haven't been able to sell the company, um, we don't need you anymore. But here's a very nice letter from the managing director thanking you for all the hard work. Um, you won't be paid beyond today. Um, there won't be any redundancy money. And oh, by the way, your wonderful final salary scheme with 30,000 people not contributing to it anymore is probably going to go into the Pension Protection Fund. 
So as you can imagine, um, not a great start to Christmas, but I thought, you know, when these things happen, what can you do? You can really just take control of your life. And that's what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to carry on anymore um, having other faceless corporate people telling me and dictating to me and my family. I wanted to take control of my life. But the problem was I didn't know what to do. I was an IT project manager and I didn't want to go doing that stuff anymore. Um, I wanted to do something different. So I spent a few years trying to find my way and uh, ultimately, thankfully, we discovered property and then we discovered the, the entrepreneur circle as well, pretty much at the same time and uh, have been able to uh, build the life that, uh, that we now live, um, spending virtually every minute of the day with each other, working together and living together. It's, it's funny, you know, because, um, again, as a child, I was always told everything happens for a reason. Mm. Um, but you don't always realise that at the time. In fact, you don't realise it, do you? Because when you're going through hard times, if somebody says that to you, you kind of want to turn around and say, go away, <laughs> in a polite term. But it, but it does, because if you hadn't been made redundant then, um, I just don't know what our life would be. Well, it would have been pretty boring. I mean, it was the worst day of my life career-wise which on reflection now was the best day of my life. Yeah. Because if it never happened, yeah, I'd still be driving around the M25, um, well, probably not at the moment, but um, driving around the M25, um, stuck in the traffic jam, doing a job that I really didn't like. So... Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You want you you really want this like, kind of crystal ball, don't you? That, that something that you, you to look in the future and say it's okay. I'm going to get through it. But uh... well, I think all you can do is you can take control of the things that you can control, and don't worry about the things that you can't control. Because yeah. worrying, I've learnt, because um, I was a worrier. Uh, worrying about things that you can't control doesn't actually make any difference or help. In fact, it just hinders things. So mm. you're kind of better off not doing it no that goes back to my dad really isn't it you know you know live for today or whatever and he was really a one for don't worry about things that you can't do anything about so um, there you go so yeah and, and my hero from the lion king pumba <laughs> yeah was it it doesn't matter yeah it's in the past it's in the past that's right <laughs> i don't know if that was pumba that said that was it i don't know yeah i think so it doesn't matter but it's de certainly it doesn't matter it's in the past yeah that's good so for just sort of background for me obviously you've heard a lot about my my parents but what about me um you also know i was a teacher so um that's what i did when i could you know was was young that's what i qualified to be um and i did that for um 11 years um until i mean obviously in that time i'd met kevin and then um we were i gave up teaching when well, no, i went on maternity leave when um we had our first baby went back after that then actually when we had our second baby it's like no i'm going to give up that's it we were luckily i was able to give up if i wanted to but i can't not work i can't be a stay-at-home mum that's nothing against mums or anything like that i think being a mother is the the greatest thing you can be you know but it just wasn't for me to be a full-time it just i needed something else for me as well so i actually got a part-time job as an estate agent yeah i was an estate agent <laughs> um and that was just in at the weekends um and i think it's really because i'm so nosy i like going around people's houses and seeing what they've got and sort of like getting ideas for what i can do in our house um but and i loved it so much that i then did a 
sort of got extended to part-time and then full-time and then I became a manager eventually um, realized then actually I was spending too much time away from the family um, weekends holidays that summer you know school holidays etc so I went back to teaching um, and I was, and I never thought I'd do anything else other than teach and it was only when Kevin was made redundant obviously I then became the, the main breadwinner um, and then when we got into property that I began to think actually I could help him more I, we could do more in this business than you know what we're doing now what I'm doing as teaching and if I was actually full-time in the property business we could do even better which is exactly what I was doing I did um, and was able to give up teaching which I did hmm, seven years ago now so uh, yeah that time's gone isn't it gone really quick yeah so that's a bit of background about me and how I came into doing what I'm doing <laughs> so when we started working together um, like so many couples we see we we're, we're actually doing the same things so really, if you think about it, you've got two people in the business, but actually, if you're doing the same things, you know, doing property, going to do viewings together uh, and everything else, you've only really got one person. So to split the jobs up and the roles up, how, how on earth do you do that? So I remember seeing Sally struggle over something, she's some paperwork or something which she's so not good at um, or enjoys doing and thinking, I don't know on earth why you're doing that, because I would be quite happy doing that. <laughs> and there's other things that Sally does that I would absolutely dread doing. It would really, really drain me. So <laughs> there has to be a way of, of kind of understanding what roles we can both do. So then thankfully, we discovered um, an organisation called Genius U and the whole Wealth Dynamics thing. So it's funny because... Um before we started working together, so when I was a teacher and Kevin was working in IT, I always used to say to him, there is no way I can ever work with you, no way I'd ever work with you. Um, and then, of course, we were in the situation where actually it would be a good idea if we worked together because we could support, you know, we could support each other in the, in the property business. And really, for me, it was that I wanted to support Kevin in what he was doing. Um so it's, it was interesting that, you know, when we started off, um, there was there were real sort of teething troubles because we were trying to do the same things. And I can remember vividly having the conversation with you when you're trying to explain to me how to do this spreadsheet in a better way. And I'm, I, I mean, I understand spreadsheets, but I'm not a spreadsheet person. And I was getting so frustrated because I'm very much just let me do it. Let's just let me do it. Um, and Kevin was trying to help, but there wasn't. I didn't feel that at the time. So um, yeah, so it was it was a revelation when we did discover the whole wealth dynamics, and we discovered that through um, through our property course that we did, um, our our uh, yeah our training, intense training that we did, because we you get um, access to have what they call a wealth dynamics test to know your profile it's an assessment it's a psychometric assessment I was really skeptical about this because I'm not one for ass assessments and like people telling me what I'm like um, putting you in a box putting me in a box I don't like to be put in a box I don't like to be labeled so I was actually really against this and uh, when we did it, which was um, right very early on, 
in this sort of property course we actually came out as the same profile and that was it that's absolute rubbish it's you know, this is absolute rubbish because how am i like you what i since know is that if you've been doing a job for a long time you become conditioned to this job about how this the job think how you think how you have to behave in the job um, and also if you're going through it's similarly that if you're going through something uh, a trauma of some sort in your work life again this will influence so think about we you know when we started in property I was still a teacher where I had to be everything to everybody um, and Kevin was actually not working as such so he was then in a very different place to what he would be but certainly what he is now but even what he would be when he was working so that's why we came out the same really because we was kind of like we were kind of thinking what should we be like um instead of answering it honestly to be honest yeah, which is what it comes down to anyway if you fast forward uh, probably about six months um we, um, we, um, we, we, knew, we want to take this test again because it's like people were talking about it saying how good it was and that's when we, we took it again and because in that, in that short space of time things had really changed um, in our property business um, and we'd both changed profiles not by much only by one but moving away from each other and those profiles really then fitted us um, as we really are so um, and that's when we could then use them to work effectively together so for example I'm something called a deal maker so what a deal maker is is someone really that's another word would be um, a connector um, because I love being with people people energize uh, energize me to you know to so network meetings I'm quite happy with um, however, not large ones, smaller ones, but also what I do is I see other people's points of view. Unless it's mine. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? No, Sorry. now I do see I do see your point of view. Whether I let you know I see it is another thing, but anyway. But I see other people's points of view. So when you think and so if you think about this, um it, that's really good because when I'm negotiating I can actually see where the person I'm negotiating with where they're coming from what they want out of the deal what you know where, what they how, what they want to achieve so that's really good because I can then position it that way and I can put myself in their place and I can say well you know and, and, and think about how I'm going to position it it does and so from the I do this also with our tenants so I can see what the tenants will want why they're saying what they want they want or whatever the challenge is is that sometimes I actually do this a bit too much and as Kevin would say I'd be on the tenant side a bit too much um, now why uh, or you know and I have to make sure that I'm not we're not losing out but once I know this, once I know that's a trait for me, that's fine because I understand that's what I, what I do. But I'm also is someone that's very, let's get on and do it. If we're going to do something, let's do it. Don't keep talking about it. Get on and do it. So that's really me and let's get down to do it. But what I don't like 
is detail, lots of detail. I'll read, I'll skim read things. You know, I'll read the first couple of lines and then I'll go on to something else. You know, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to read the detail. So that then it becomes quite difficult, doesn't it? Sort of like, you know, when you, when you've got, you know, information to read, uh, documents to read, um, uh, agreements to read. Thankfully, Kevin is the complete opposite to me in that way. Because Kevin's something called an accumulator. So accumulators do like detail. They are happy to sit there and go through processes. They are happy to look through all the details in the system. So I don't have to do that now. I just give it to him. <laughs> it's up to him to do it. What accumulators are, though, they're the most risk-averse people. They're the people that the answers know. What's the question? I'm sure you've come across them if you're not one of them yourself. So therefore, you, I know that when I'm talking to Kevin, I've got to make sure that what I'm saying is absolutely watertight. That, you know, I, I've thought of all the what ifs and all that sort of thing, because I know that's what he's going to he's going to ask me. Well, what, what happens here? What about if that doesn't work? But that's good. Because then that means that what we're doing is, you know, if we agree to do something, we go ahead and do something. We're absolutely watertight in what we're doing because he's looked at all that side of it and we've discussed it. And then I've put the other point of view when he's saying, no, I'm saying, ah, oh, but because of me seeing the other side. What Kevin's also good at is project managing. So making sure things come through on time and that everybody's keeping to what they're supposed to be doing. So that's great because, you know, the projects don't go over time or not, not you know, not, not unless it's that completely out of our control. And he knows he has systems in place that say we do this, we do this, we do this, which actually then really sort of manages it. So can you see how we complement each other in lots of ways working together? And it extends actually into our sort of like our, our personal life as well, because I understand he's, he's not going to want, he doesn't like change. So I can't, I can't move the furniture around in the house without consulting him because he won't like that. He won't like that I've moved his armchair or, uh, you know, I've moved his table that he's got all his, but next to his chair where he's got all his bits and pieces on. Whereas I am one for change. I quite like, oh, let's, you know, let's change this round, let's change that. But I realise that I can't just do it. I've got to talk to him about it first. And that's, you know, so that extends then in the business. I can't just do something. That wouldn't be right. I've got to talk to him first. But then that's the key to having a good business together, isn't it? To be able to communicate and understand where the other person's coming from. So how would it work if, in a relationship you actually end up being both the same profile it's about understanding that you are both the same profile and then looking at so what do you struggle with and then so who can we then get in to help us in other words who can we outsource to it's so often where people think I can't outsource because it's going to you know it's going to cost me money it's going to in my I haven't got that money in my business but actually to outsource to somebody else who's actually going to be far more efficient at it than you, it leaves you time to actually get on and do the things that you're really good at. So although it may seem as if it's costing you money, it's actually making you money. I think also the thing um, which you probably need to explain actually is the whole concept of flow 
with your working in flow and working not in flow. So for example, if you're sitting down for half a day looking at all the spreadsheets and putting those together, how does that make you feel? For me, that absolutely, my energy is gone. Um, during that day, if I've got processes to put together or um, spreadsheets to go through or detail to go through, I'll have more cups of coffee in that day than I will in a week that if I've got, you know, if I'm out meeting people. Bearing in mind when you're meeting people, do you remember those days when we used to meet people? Um, you know, it's normally over a cup of coffee. But if I've, you know, so I would have quite a few. But if I've got, if it's really down to I've got to go through things, you know, the detail side of it, the spreadsheets, etc. I'll have more breaks. I'll put up, um, the house will be cleaned. There'll be the, all those jobs I have, didn't want to do will suddenly become really important. Um, I'll message so many people on my phone. Um, I'll tidy up. I'll even do filing that I hate doing because I'd rather file and get and do that sort of thing than actually sit down all day and do spreadsheets. What, of course, I have to do things at times. I have to do admin, but I keep it to small chunks. So I won't do it for longer than, say, three quarters of an hour and then give myself a break um, and then come back to it. But really, if I, what I want, what I would, what I like to do as much as possible is give it to somebody else to do so that I can keep my energy levels up because if I'm doing something that that isn't what we call in flow so in flow is when you're doing something that you can do all day long then my energy levels drop if I'm out talking to people and and meeting people and and, and doing deals that's really in my flow that's what I want to do and I can do that all day every day and I'm on on cloud nine so it's interesting, you really know when you're in flow and when you're not. So take, for example, a networking meeting. At the end of that, Sally will be absolutely buzzing. I can do a network meeting. I know what to do. I know how to behave. I know all the steps to take. But at the end of it, I'll be absolutely drained because I'm not in flow doing that kind of thing. So we can all do everything, but it's finding the things that when you're in flow, energize you, and you're really good at as opposed to doing the things when you're not in flow trying to get someone else to do that for you and it's kind of a, a completely different concept to what we've ever taught through school and in fact through work and through employment when did you ever last go on a training course on something that you were really really good at they only ever send you on training courses on the things that you're not good at at school we only focus on the things that we're not good at we never focus on the things that you are good at and just accept that other people are better at it than, and, and more in flow and enjoy it than, than what we are. That was something I really had to get my head around being a teacher because, you know, I used to make make people, you know, come on, you're, 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 you, we need some, you need some more help in this, let's do this. And it was just kind of cha changing my mindset. And that's what it's about as well, as in, no, I need to just concentrate on what I'm good at and uh, then get somebody else to do the things that I'm not so good at. So it, it, it's it's interesting. And we sat down, didn't we, and went through. So, you know, everything we do in our business. So who's going to do that? Oh, I'll do that because I'm happy to do that. Whereas, oh, no, oh, I really don't like doing that. Now, obviously, there are some things that we both have to do. Networking, for example, because, you know, we've got different clients. We've got different businesses as well, apart from the property business. Um, so then we both have to do networking. But it's about then 
what we do after we've done the networking for Kevin I think what well, you go you'd like to you like to go and have some <laughs> have a yeah. lie down in a darkened room yeah exactly or go and do something to do with you know sort of like very admin based isn't it organization based and that sort of stuff for me I could network all day I love it it just you know that's fine let me go and talk to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else um so yeah, because because my energy levels are there yeah they've that my energy levels are up so. it's it's also incredibly powerful um with young people as well helping them find their way of to uh, n- navigate through life um there's the uh, the einstein quote isn't there about the the fish and the tree yes um i always get this wrong but let me <laughs> yeah yeah, for, yeah so I'll, I'll try so it's about if you compare a fish and his ability to climb a tree the fish will always fail so just think about that. It's about what you know. What you know, a fish. You know, what's a fish designed to do? What's you know, what are they? They're not designed to climb a tree, are they? However, you know, they still they still do well at what they do in can, water. Can swim better because, than yeah. a lot of other things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It reminds me of the um, the young teenager that um, you helped that was didn't want to go to university. Yeah, but. Um, that the the, uh, the teachers and the parents were pushing them down to become an accountant because he was really good at maths. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it was the it was yeah it was his mother was beside herself because he had just switched off totally. He was an A grade student and he just switched off totally. Um, and when I t- you know I did the, the the assessment with him and talked to him about it and it was a fact that he was he, he's like me. He was actually a deal maker like me. There's no way I could sit in an office all day. Um, I mean you laugh, don't you? Because we've got an office each here uh, um but i i can't be more than half a day in my office it i have to come out however nice it is i, I have to come out i can't sit there for a whole day kevin could happily sit in his office you know all day every day I'm probably getting away from me but, <laughs> but um and it, yeah it's just the different people so yeah um this young lad he you know he he knew that if he was an accountant he'd just be in an office all day with numbers and as much as he liked numbers it wasn't for him um we talked about what he liked to do and he ended up he um he went into mechanical engineering because he could still use his his number skills he he was a hands-on person he liked to do things get things done and he liked to be around people and that was a more more of a a role where he's going to be around people so uh, yeah interesting yeah so in your business and working together so it's about understanding what you're good at and what your business partner's good at and then okay so if there's something that neither of you are good at there who are you going to outsource that to yeah and keep it is about keep working in flow as we say and keeping those energy levels up so hope you've enjoyed our very first podcast i know we certainly have um if you'd like to know more about the assessment and wealth dynamics and talent dynamics then please get in contact with us i'll put some details uh, on the on the post here where you can uh, can get that but check out our website at kouru that's k-o-r-u connections.co.uk and you'll also find a link there to unleash your teen's talent which is around how we help young people as well so i say i hope you've enjoyed it um we'll do another one um in a week or so's time 
and I uh, hope to bring you more inspiration of how you can work together and uh, anything else that might crop up. So it's goodbye from him. And goodbye from her. See you next time.